Welcome back to Conspiratorial Conspiring. Today we have author Gregory Lessing Garrett. He's the author of over 10 books now, and he's cranking them out faster than I can crank out a podcast. Greg, how do you how do you write these books so fast, man? Well, um, you have to think of it in terms of a whole lifetime, uh, literally a whole lifetime of being steeped in uh, theological questions, ontological questions, I guess you epistemological questions, which is how we define what is fact versus opinion, and physics, and huge interest in psychology, like all of these things my whole life. Ever since I was a little kid, I was reading the Britannica um, Encyclopedia when I was eight, just trying to absorb. I had no idea why. I just had to know everything, right? Um, and so... I've been writing and thinking and developing these thoughts my whole life. So the, these books are more like giving birth to a whole lifetime of downloading and synthesizing information. Because a lot of people are contacting me on Facebook. They have, you just finished a book. You published it. Now you have another one. How are you doing this, right? Um, it's more like, a, it's like having a massive, massive encyclopedic library reference in your room and head from a lifetime of collecting collecting information and writing about it. And simply, it's overflowing. And all I'm doing is organizing it, which is really where my talents lie. You could say it's organizationally. I'm, I'm organizing it thematically into a you know, book by book that supports each theme that I'm trying to develop. And they, all the themes, of course, coalesce together. Obviously, they coalesce to a grand, overarching theme regarding um, the Luciferian, the Gnostic Luciferian um, kind of rule over the earth for, for many, many, many thousands of years. And that's kind of the overarching theme in all my books, but I take a different um, facet of the theme in each book and I develop it, and then I'll, the next book will be kind of the same theme, but another facet, and you put them all together, it's, it's really one story that I'm telling. That, like one of my books was called one deception to rule them all, which of course I'm, I'm paying reverence to J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, One Ring to Rule Them All. Um, that particular book happens to be about a fake alien invasion or fake alien contact that would give the elite more reason to lock down the world and um, have this big enemy that we're fighting so that we come together in a new world order against this enemy. But I'm on a sidetrack on that right now, but that's um, that's kind of how I'm doing it. I'm, it's an overflow of information that I've been developing and synthesizing and integrating and uh, writing about for decades, many decades. And that's why all of a sudden, wow, a book came out. Oh, another book came out. It's just this overflow. I'm organizing and um, putting in order and, and making thematically coherent. So that's the answer to that. Okay, and... Um... I guess uh, just a personal question that I have for you is uh, how did you get started in all of this? Like how, what was your path into waking up, if you will? Um, 
think we should focus on too. I'm going to talk about that because you asked the question. But we we should just dive right into the most super super pertinent important things that affect everyone's life uh, right now with with the you know the fake pandemic and the Orwellian nightmare that's rising. Because if I talk about myself and how and people are interested, of course, because I'm a, I'm known as an author now internationally. Mm-hmm. So people want to go, well, what's what's the backstory of, of Gregory Garrett? And and that's fine. But, you know, of course, more importantly is what I'm writing about, not me. But I'll, but, but I'll answer your question because, you know, why not? Uh, here, ask the question again and, and um, uh, phrase it very succinctly and I'll answer it. Um, what was your process um, in waking up and learning all of this information? Okay, very briefly, um, it was being in a kind of Hegelian dialectical um, argumentation with various people in my life for many decades, just discussing and debating theological aspects of reality, astrophysics, um, the Earth, uh, biology, evolutionary theory, Big Bang, just many decades of, of uh, tennis matches back and forth and coming to the realization that there was all this deception in um, all these people I knew, these very top thinkers, and they were, I think, I began to see how they were just deceived, and then the deception turned into a book I wrote called um, The Scientism Delusion, which I'm actually echoing off of Charles Dawkins' book, The God Delusion, because I think that's the most horribly written, philosophically ungrounded, um, illogical mess of a book I've ever seen in my life. And of course, it goes to be a big book because Charles Dawkins has the elite cartel behind him of all these deceptions that I'm talking about. So I'm kind of like, I was destroying that book in my book, um, one or the scientism delusion, and you know his book, the God delusion. So um, that's the springboard where it all kind of came together. It's like, okay, I'm going to take this on. Like I'm in the ring now. I'm going to take the full body of Western education. I'm going to dismantle all of Western education and Western knowledge. You know, it's a big thing. It's an encyclopedic task to dismantle and to refute and to um, reorient all of Western knowledge into my understanding of what reality and truth actually is. Okay, so that's kind of the, the backdrop, the story, which leads us to here. <laughs> and and so let's, let's dig right into like the most kind of like penetrating and vital issues that everybody's, that's affecting everybody right now. Yeah, so you wanted to kind of lay your book genetic armageddon as a foundation for this talk and um i'm ashamed to say i haven't read the book but i'm definitely going to be uh adding that to my cart after our talk here but looking over the description you know there's a lot about uh i took some notes on it there's apotheosis genetic manipulation um the alien deception end times and depopulation so, where would you like to start with that? Yeah, that's. Um, I mentioned to have that as kind of a foundation for our discussion for for a few reasons. One, it helps keep the focus, and two, I think it is the most cutting edge stuff that I'm writing. Um, the stuff that I'm most recently writing tends to be a distillation and a reorganization of previous thoughts and books. So it's like with each book, it gets more and more concise and directed and pointed and on the target. Not that the other books aren't, but I just get more and more um, like no-holds-bar writing style 
this is it. Um, my first books were just 700 pages long with massive amounts of references of um, not APA format, but no one wants to see that in their in their book. But just um, you know, huge amounts of data to support. And I'm doing that in these books, but I'm mostly just just I'm describing what's happening. So Genetic Armageddon and my new book that's not out yet called Scientocracy is even more like right on the jugular of this of this cartel. Um, but Genetic Armageddon obviously talks or gives away the game of the, the biblical Armageddon that we're, we seem to be involved in or approaching. It's not really fought with military conventional weapons or even nuclear. Um, it's really um, a, a battle of genetics. And that's why we see these vaccines rolling out, this mRNA protocol where it's, um, you know, Moderna is actually creating a vaccine that's an operating system. They even call it that on their website. It's the, in their uh, name. Software. Yeah, Moderna. But, um, you got RNA at the end of the name, Moderna. Uh, Modify RNA, yeah. Modified, yeah, modified. So it's genetic modification. Um, and um, I was telling people it's an operating system, and a lot of people said, whoa, whoa, whoa Mr. Garrett, you've gone too far. You know, it's like you're getting paranoid. But if you go on Moderna's website, their page, it says that it's an operating system. It doesn't even say it's a vaccine. It says it's an, um, they call it, quote, the software for life, unquote. That's not me talking. That's Moderna at their website describing their vaccine. So it's, um, it's an operating system which allows various programming protocols to be released into your body. So we have to really understand that we're, we're under attack. You know, we are in a war. This is World War Three or four, however you want to say it. Like World War Three was probably the Cold War, and this is. I mean, we're we're not approaching a war. We're in a war, and millions have died in the lockdown and suicide and uh, racial fights and vaccines are killing hundreds of thousands. I mean, we're in a war. So I'm trying to get people to wake up to the fact that you know this is not playtime. You're, you're under attack, and one of the chief way of weather weapon. Weaponized weather is another uh, fighting, another tool, another weapon. And people in Texas, of course, they're not arguing with that. They're dying. There's hundreds, there's thousands of people dying in Texas of, of starvation and hypothermia. I mean, literally, old people, um, younger kids, babies are dying. I mean, they're under attack. And you're calling from Austin, so I don't have to convince you. You're under attack. Weaponized weather been going on since 1950. It's all documented, hundreds of thousands of papers, uh, DARPA, CIA, um, there's HARP technologies, there's, I mean, it's just, it's not a secret. Um, chemtrails, you know, everyone talks about chemtrails, but what do you think that is? It's part of the weaponized weather programs. So they can start a snowstorm or a heat, uh, um, a heat spell, like they did in California, which is where I live. All of a sudden, the heat jacks up to unearthly uh, temperatures out of nowhere. And the entire state is on fire. I mean, that hasn't happened ever, ever. And it's really, like you say, it's really all of the sudden because the week Mm -hmm. prior, we were chilling poolside. It was 75 and sunny. And then for a week straight or three days, it's like five degrees and no one has power except for downtown Austin had all of their power. 
H-E-B, which is the big grocery store chain in Texas, they had power. Target, they had power. But all of the apartment complexes, no power. But downtown, the lifeblood of the city, oh, you know, they have full power. No one's complaining about anything. But on the outskirts of town and the apartment complexes, nobody's got power except for the big box stores and the businesses downtown. And it was really fascinating to see how they can go from 75 and sunny one week to 5 degrees the next and then right back up to 75, 80 degrees the week after. Yeah, it becomes kind of blatantly obvious that it's not natural. And when, when I say natural, I mean just the natural rhythms of weather patterns that we've seen for, you know, 2,000 years. When something like this happens, and it all coincides together, have you noticed like it's all happening in the same year? You've got a pandemic, you've got racial riots, you've got weather patterns, you've got massive fire, you've got massive, I mean, it's just coincidentally, it's like the biblical plagues, you know, happening at the same time. Well, it's not a coincidence, obviously. These things are planned, they're engineered, and we're under attack. where oh, weather wars are not new. Weather modification, they, they, in Vietnam, they applied weather modification to prolong the monsoons and make a lot of mud so the soldiers couldn't move. Okay, that's 1960s. Mm-hmm. You, can you imagine how advanced it is by now? If you want to put a, a, a frost storm in Texas, it's just a literal flick of a button yep. to pull it off. They already have all the weather patterns uh, manipulated. How do you think all these hurricanes hit the eastern seaboard in the United States a few uh, summers ago, I think it was? All of a sudden, eight hurricanes, it never happened in history, eight, eight hurricanes um, come off the, like the shore of Africa and then slam into the eastern seaboard and knock out the power for millions and millions and millions. And millions. <laughs> you see how it's beyond the statistical probabilities of coincidence? Well, that's just because climate change is getting so bad, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and this is the other agenda. And I write about this a lot in, um, I don't know if I did it in Genetic Armageddon or my new book, um, Scientocracy, but I'm really starting to kind of bend the narrative away from the, the pandemic because, you know, we all know that, right? We all know <laughs> that there is um, a fake pandemic. We can talk about that, but I think your listeners probably realize that Well, I just no actually had on John Brisson. He's one of the smartest dudes I know. And, um, you know, he, he does believe that it, that there, that there is a virus and that it's, um, you know, out of a, out of a lab, you know, it was created. I'm just like, dude, I don't think that there's any virus at all. And I'll, I'll even go as far as to say, I think germ theory is horse shit. And he said, well, you know, you, you don't want to say that it's all bunk and that terrain theory is all it. He's like, it's probably a blend of both. I'm like, well, maybe, but every step of the way, it just seems like this thing's been blatant propaganda. I did a four-and-a-half-hour Corona expose where I was playing guys like David Crow and like all of, uh-huh. these, all of these top guys that have pretty much debunked germ theory. And so I've been going around no mask, no nothing, um, and I've never gotten sick. I mean, I, I had a little uh, cold for a while, but I've never lost my taste or my smell or nothing. I don't know why that's happening, though. That That's what trips me up. But as far as I can tell, I think that there's no virus. 
for isolating the SARS-CoV-2 has never found a virus. There's no lab data. So the whole thing is based on a fictional disease from the beginning. So if you back up to that and you tell people, okay, look, you can debate all you want, whether it was a bioweapon or how lethal it is or if it's just mimicking the flu or, you know, but first you have to prove that it actually exists, okay? So you can do that. You're playing a science fiction script debate. And that's really what this is all about. You, you get people who can't understand basic epidemiology or virology to just buy what you're saying. This is what where um, Anthony Fauci comes in. You know, they can easily um, get you to believe anything they want. Follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All they have to do is introduce these, these half-baked, half-lies to you that are anchored in Hollywood fictional plots like Contagion or thousands of movies about alien viruses or Star Trek episodes. I mean, whatever fictional ideas have been encoded in the, in the minds of the population, they just anchor everything to that, those narratives, and now you're merging Hollywood fiction with reality. It's all one big soup. That's really what's happening, as far as I can see, in terms of the pandemic. There is no pandemic, um, and I don't subscribe to um, viral, viral infection or contagion anyway, because if you look at the origins of all this with um, uh, Pasteur, Pasteur and his pasteurized milk and his whole game of germ theory, mm-hmm. you back it up, you were alluding to this briefly, you back it up to Bachamp, French epidemiologist Bachamp, mm-hmm. he, he clearly he clearly points out that contagion is fictional because you can have a person with the flu in a room with 500 people and no one will get the flu because it's not cont- not contagious. The person who got the flu is because their immune system has been compromised. It's run down from poor diet, poor exercise, just some genetic abnormality, um, and so they get they get sick. I remember. And when I was like, five years old, I came back from playing in the mud. All, like I was outside <laughs> playing with my friends, like way too long, like rain and mud, and it was just too, it was too fun as a swimmer. So I would just be barefoot playing in the like the creek. And anyway, after twelve hours, and my mom just if you let it go too far, I came back and I kind of had the sniffle. She goes, I go, I think I got the flu from my friend Jeffrey because he has the flu. I go, well, she goes, when did you see Jeffrey? Oh, I saw him like last week. And she said, well, now you were actually out for 12 hours in the rain and it's cold and you're barefoot. And so you kind of wore, you're only five years old, you wore down your immune system and now you, you, know, you got stifles. Your body is trying to handle the stress. Um, and there's also bacteria all day long that you get from mud and being a little kid, um, five years old. The, the point being, the flu is symptomatic of what's called exosomes in your body that are... Uh, like little soap bubbles, you know, they're cleaning up the toxins in your body, bacteria, stress-related, um, could be poor diet, it, it could be anything. And they, you, your body exhibits these symptoms like fever sometimes or, sniffing no, or a stuffy nose, a runny nose, aches and pains. All the stuff that they're saying is this pandemic is just simple people being sick, like since... 5,000 years ago, same thing. You just get ill from immune problems. Um, so that's the other thing. The, the whole germ theory narrative of contagion, I've never actually seen it to be true. Even the HIV virus, um, they say it's contagious. It's a you know HIV virus, right? But if you look at all the, the, the cases of 
HIV. It's just like homosexuals that have like 79 episodes of sodomy per month with multiple partners or um, heroin addicts that carry rusty needles. You know, obviously it's not virally um, related at all. It's bacteria, you know, and so all these heterosexuals that had only like one partner per six months or were married and very healthy and they weren't getting HIV. People said, oh, well, it must be like a gay disease or, well, yeah, it's a lifestyle disease, bacteria. Head, uh, heroin addicts with rusty needles, yeah, they're getting this HIV. Um, so, and I'm just giving you a few examples. But you, can, you can go back to the Spanish flu where nobody had the Spanish flu until they started getting injections. That's really where it came from. The, the soldiers are the guinea pigs for this pharmaceutical cartels they started giving soldiers these vaccines and you know, sending them to Spain, Spanish, Spain, right? And so um, they all got sick. And so they said, oh, there's this contagious flu. Well, no, there was no flu until they started vaccinating. Same with this um, COVID-19. Nobody's sick. Everyone just has normal flu or colds. Um, they fake all the hospital reports and numbers with the fake RT-PCR diagnosis. They use the RT-PCR to fake numbers, you know, everybody's sick all of a sudden because you're amplifying basic genetic material instead of um, anything that has to do with, like, the COVID virus. Uh, so now everyone's testing for positive and, you know, erroneously. And then, um, essentially, they just turn that whole narrative into a contagion narrative when it was just, um, just normal people. And so now they're getting vaccines that have real toxins and mercury and formaldehyde and fetal tissue and mRNA protocols. I mean, it's got the real, the real uh, McCoy, real guns in there. So now people are going to get really sick and they're going to say, see, there is a virus. <laughs> yeah, because now you're like the Spanish flu, you're injecting everybody with a toxin. So that's my very brief as possible take on this pandemic. It is not real. It's obviously a great reset strategy. Uh, Carl Schwab, um, Agenda 21, climate change, pandemic, it's all the same thing. So they're um, they couldn't get the climate change uh, hoax. They couldn't get it to, to go through. People weren't giving up their property under the guise of climate change. This wasn't working. So they backtracked. They sold us the pandemic, locked everybody down, and now they're reinserting the climate change agenda hard and heavy. Bill Gates is now, you know, he's now spearheading climate change at um, advocacy and emissions controls and surveillance. I mean, they switched the narrative from pandemic to climate change because climate change was always the goal to get people to lock down. It just didn't work. Now that everyone's locked down, they backtrack, they bike, um, you know, they bicycle back to get the um, backpedal. <laughs> they backpedal to get the climate change, put it back, insert it back into the great uh, reset um, idea, and they sell, they repackage the Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, as the Great Reset, which includes not only climate change, but the pandemic, COVID thing, it's all one big, huge um, plan for complete communist takeover. I shouldn't even say communist, it's a Luciferian takeover. Um, and now we're up against something where, as everyone's figuring out, you know, we have a window of time to back this off that's less than a few months. And after that, it's, you know, it's, it's over. And... Uh I mean, to be honest with you, and I don't, I know that, uh, <clears throat> you know, speaking things into existence is a very real thing, but I just don't see the pushback that's necessary that that is going to happen. And 
like you were saying that this is a an agenda 21 plan i mean i i look no further than the power outages we just had in texas now they're they're all screaming at the top of their lawns that we need to usher in these agenda 21 protocols for smart grids and all of these kinds of things and energy allotments and so we don't overpower the grid i mean this agenda 21 uh plan is really coming into effect in the state where everybody was running to everybody from new york that hated the lockdowns california Illinois, where I came from, where the lockdowns were the worst. We we ran to Texas, and now Texas seems like it's going to be the uh, the starting point for these guys. Well, yeah, people say, like, why Texas? Why Texas? Well, Texas is literally a sovereign state apart from everything else. Like, gun-toting, a patriotic Alex Jones country. Um, even Joe Rogan got the hell out of Dodge recently and he moved to texas He's which he is a total clown i used to be a big fan of joe rogan but he is pushing the alien horse shit oh, more yeah. than well, anybody he, else he's just entertainment he's you're not going to find truth on reagan's show you're going to see elon i mean elon musk smoking pot with joe rogan it's just a clown show oh, that's yeah. all those guys are um they're not serious about anything it's just to keep you entertained um and it works you know when you have elon musk <laughs> on your show as a serious I mean Elon Musk is like uh, the one of the biggest puppets for the Luciferian takedown of the world uh, AI meshing with AI I mean uh, so yeah I, I try to watch Rogan and take it seriously but it's like every single guest is just still um, kind of like saying the most rudimentary surface stuff possible to keep you entertained but then the the truth community is, you know, some of it is galvanizing behind Elon Musk because he's questioning the pandemic. I'm like, this guy literally wants to put computer wires into your brain. I'm like, that's his whole MO. Well, I think it was Lenin, was it Lenin or Stalin or Lenin? I think Lenin. Um, to 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 uh, lead the opposition, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but to lead the opposition, you must, I'm sorry, um, to win against the opposition, you need to lead it. Okay, so you need to, that's, that's not a, a exact quote, but you need to lead the opposition um, to beat it. So Elon Musk starts talking about how he's against the pandemic and he's, you know, all the things that are good come out of his mouth to get you on board with Elon Musk. And then he, he backtracks to, um, and we need to mess with AI. He, he just messed with a pig, you know, his neural mesh with a pig on mm-hmm. TV. And so what do you have? You have all these, and then Joe Rogan's just not even, I mean, you don't even have to think it through. It's just everything he's saying is like, well, it could be this and could be that. I mean, he just doesn't give you anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's the worst. And I've tried to, to watch him. Um, and then he was like exposing the, the fake moon mission. And then he's like, well, no, no, it's absolutely true that it happened. I mean, just like he just goes back on everything because they pay him yeah. um, so much money to lie. Anyway. Um, but the point is Texas. So Joe Rogan went to Texas, and then you've got um, Alex Jones coming out of Texas, and he's been like a mouthpiece against the Luciferians for 25 years. Um, you've got gun-toting Texas. You've got uh, Sovereign Grid. They're, they're all green technology, too. Um, so, yeah, why wouldn't they be the target? And so throw a curveball uh, snowstorm at Texas, and then start implementing Agenda 21 like they've done in every other state under the auspices of the pandemic. Um, we're all up, everyone's under lockdown, and like I, I, 
when when you're locked down and you're not sick, that's not quarantine. That's martial law. And I had friends who were saying, oh, no, you're just paranoid, you know? <laughs> I was like, at what point do you wake up? I mean, just because there's not a military police officer outside of your door and you're told by the government to stay indoors, how many months do you think it'll take until there is um, a drone outside and your neighborhood police watch that can kill you in microseconds if you stray too far from your property? What do you think is happening in other countries? Exactly that. And so, so that's, that's the whole thing about Texas, I think, is that they just wanted to implement one notch tighter Agenda 21 or the Great Reset or whatever you want to call it anymore. So you said and, that, um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Did you have more no, to? No, fine, fine. Um, no, you said, you said we literally have maybe a couple of months to take the necessary steps to walk this whole thing back. And if we don't do that, you know, it's not pretty. What do you mean by that? Well, it's like, there's an, uh, how old are you, by the way, 40-something? No, I'm, uh, I'm 25. 25, okay, so, I mean, you're very knowledgeable, but you're younger, but there's a band called Kansas. Yep. Um, they did a song called Dust in the Wind, which is a fantastic song, um, but they did an album called The Point of No Return, mm. and, um, that's what we're looking at. There is a point of no return. I mean, you can, Alex Jones and David Icke your way through, and then I'm on board, obviously, with my um, understanding and perspective. You reach a point where there is no backing it off. It's like you have to take the mask off now. You have to stop social distancing now. You have to start being non-compliant now. Not like in a few months, because what are they doing? They're locking it down so tight with surveillance and you're getting international police, military, Chinese police. I mean, this is, it's all, half, it's all rolling out. They're targeting um, like just about every white American as a domestic terrorist. I mean, they, they're going to wipe the, the slate clean. This is not tomorrow. They, they're going to kill 150 million Americans, not with COVID. And I'm you're referring about. to the uh, Deagle report, are you not? Say again? That uh, that Deagle report, um, they said that they were expecting by like 2022 that there would uh, only be 99, or the U.S. population would only be 99 million. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I, was, um, I, I forgot who put that out. It could have been an Alex Jones thing. It could have been, I mean, who knows. But um, yeah, it was the idea that the, the, the projected statistics, that, and then it said something like the America has like nobody left. Like how did that happen? Yeah. Um, and so again, it's predictive programming. They're telegraphing their blows. I mean, who do you think does these types of reports? They're just letting you know. That I, I think these these Luciferians are very playfully sadistic. They 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 love to torture their prey. Obviously, I mean they're not into money. They have all the money. Um, they're into torture and control. It's kind of like the serial killer. They could just kill their victim, right? But you have these cases where they hold them like tied to a chair. They literally torture them for sometimes 10 to 12 days, you know, before they finally die. Because they like the power. They like the control. The Luciferians are identical. They, they, they like, they love it when you wear a mask, that, that you're just showing, pledging allegiance to being a slave. They love it. They love dehumanizing you and demoralizing you and transgender health official now, you know, they, the new guy, Rachel Levine or something, 
what I say or what you say or what anybody says, it's it's implemented. The, the, The wheels are grinding towards a certain destination. There's no stopping those. It's like, um, what's your analogy? Say you're on a huge hill and you've got a massive, massive military tank and it's just going down the hill at about 75 miles an hour. You know, it weighs five tons. And you're standing on a hill and you got like three or four people and you're holding, you're locking arms, you're going to stop this tank. No, you're not. That's where we're at. <laughs> we're at a 5,000 ton tank going down a hill. We're like a few people holding arms. There's got to be a huge, massive um, pushback of non-compliance. And there already are pockets of it. You know, many countries are saying, we're not going to do it. We're not locking down. We're not, we're stopping. They're blowing up hospitals. Or, and the liberal media is playing the picture that all these people are enemies, domestic terrorists. I just don't think, I don't see this getting friendly and pleasant. I, I was on the um, Daniels show, End of Days, and people thought I was outrageous because I kept saying things like, they go, Mr. Good, so what's the solution? And I paint a pretty bleak picture. But like, what's the solution? And I said, well, apart from Christ as your only salvation, um, nothing, you're going to die. <laughs> and I got some pretty negative views of that. Well, nothing's changed. You know, I'm sorry to, to not sugarcoat it, but um, this is real. So what about um, you were saying that you know they love to torture us, and there's n- no doubt that you know we're the slave class. You know we get into loans over our heads, and then we spend our entire lives paying that back. And obviously, materialism plays a huge factor into that. We always got to have the newest and best cars and houses, and th- that's how they control us because we can't quit, we can't speak out at work because we don't want to lose our jobs. Yada yada yada. So they love having us as the slave class and torturing us with false flags, fake pandemics. But what what takes them over? Where do they take that next step to massive kill off and depopulation? You know, taking the United States from three hundred and twenty million to uh, you know, agenda twenty one levels. I think. Um yeah, there's a demarcation point between what I call soft kill and hard kill. Yeah. Soft kill is the vaccines. Mm. It's the GMOs, the toxic food, uh, keeping you locked down so that you don't get proper sunlight or, you know, vitamin D and, you know, keeping supplements out of the picture so that you're vitamin deficient. And even, these are all soft kill, soft kill technique. Even the um, weaponized weather is kind of a form of soft kill to get you to be freezing to death, literally dying. People that, you know, in Texas, literally, I'm not laughing, I'm, I'm laughing through my tears. Mm-hmm. Dying of um, hypothermia, like children dying. They, they died. <laughs> they just died. It's too cold. You know, like negative 20 degrees in Texas is what happens. Like, it's not natural. Um, and starvation. So that's all kind of soft kill. Um, after a while, the communist regimes historically begin with certain soft kill techniques, but then they, they switch to hard kill. Like in Russia, the Bolsheviks, they killed a hundred million people. They, you know, they round them up, they shoot them in the head, they strip their, they peel their skin off in front of their children. I mean, this is not like conventional war. Um, if, if the legislation goes further, like they'll have a, you know, the capital is a, a false flag. It was the CIA driven.
heaven. It was um, of course Mosaw. Yeah, it wasn't real. It was just like a bunch of tourists with beer mugs waving little tiny flags that are senior citizens, sixty mm-hmm. years old, walking between the the fuzzy rope, the uh, like the velvet ropes at the Capitol, yep. and that becomes uh, the biggest insurgency, you know, like size of of um, Pearl Harbor. Well, obviously not. It's all propaganda. It didn't happen, and. You can see, and I, I wrote about that extensively. I think it in, I think in genetic Armageddon about the whole thing. I expose the whole thing. But the point being is that it's a false flag, like 9/11. Um, so now you have, and there's like Sandy Hook. You have um, um, all these. This is like the I call it the year of the false flag. They're going to have all these, you know, uh, assassinations and bombings and things that are going to be blamed on gun owners and uh, conservatives and um, libertarians. Uh, just white people, period, you know, white against black stuff. And so under the auspices of all these fake fall flags, they'll probably be able to roll out what they're talking about, which is legislation to literally um, digitally, I call it the digital gulag. <laughs> Isn't that a good phrase? The digital gulag. Instead of putting you in a, um, like in Russia, the gulags, instead of taking you to like Siberia, taking you to a concentration camp, um, the digital gulag, they just cut off all your credit cards and all your digital um, abilities to survive, mm-hmm. um, including including heat. You're, you are in a digital gulag in Texas, cutting off your heat, communications, internet, light, food. It's, a, you know, it's really a digital gulag. They didn't come to round you up. They just simply cut off your ability to survive. So I think that's what we're seeing is the digital gulag um, of cutting people off from communications and food and internet and light and heat and everything as a way of depopulating, and which is working quite well. And also the um, lockdown itself is causing suicide and alcoholism and homicide. So that's another way. Um, but I think the legislation might come out where they literally go door to door. And I, I'm sure they already are because if, it's, if Texas is... is um, losing power, I'm sure they're already going door to door. They're called night raids, they did them in Germany. They're just going door to door and just taking anybody they want under the uh, veil of night. And I think that's, uh, the legislation might take it from night to day where they're authorized to just round up millions of people. Um, and uh, it could just be kill them immediately, it could be, you know, like you're a terrorist, because the law doesn't apply. If you're a domestic terrorist, you don't get a trial. So I'm not a prophet, so I can't tell if it's this year they're going to actually overtly on the news, oh, we just went to Alex Jones' house and he's now arrested, and now we're going to execute him on live TV. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be this year. <laughs> I don't know, really. I mean, it's pretty crazy what's happening. Um, Pelosi's basically up there with <laughs> there's all these mili- 60 or 16,000, whatever, you know, military units at the Capitol, like more than Afghanistan. And um, she's basically telling them that, you know, we need AK-47s, and she's talking to the troops. It's right out of, it's a, it's like a Hunger Games scene, and it's just a nightmare. They were all dressed in Hunger Games attire, like Lady Gaga on them? Right, Lady Gaga, um, Catching Fire, the bird on Catching Fire, yep. she has the emblem. And they always try to fake it and, and say it's like a bird of peace or, I mean, it's just all bullshit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Catching Fire, Lady Gaga, she wears the same black and um, 
the black and red colors of the Freemasons and the Hunger Games. I mean, and they wore purple, which is the same uniforms they wore in the Hunger Games, because that's the, the, um, the color of uh, regality and Luciferian control over the peasants. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just too in your face if you're awake. It's just, you want to scream at people that can't understand any of it. Like, they're so brainwashed. I, I'm to the point where I'm, I'm a little bit like the biblical, well, you know, if that's your choice, then you're going to hell. I mean, I'm kidding. I'm not really orthodox biblical that way but i'm getting kind of that that feeling yeah i get i get, i also get mad with these people and i just want to shake them until they wake up but i also lately i've been trying to take the approach where you know jesus is dying on the cross and he's like he's like god forgive them they do not know like these people do not know where they're leading us they really don't know how orwellian how hellish it's it's really going to be and you know you call it the digital gulag i've also heard it as an open air prison um it's really going to be social credit system and eventually it's you know trump's operation warp speed was designed to have the military distribute vaccines door to door in 24 hours they wanted that capability in 24 hours get every american vaccinated that's the capability that they were aiming for if they have anything close to that then i mean that's the exact scenario you're describing well remember this all this has been rolling out for not only decades but it was really was hyper hyper supercharged in an, a project for an operation called Jade 15, Jade 2015, Jade Helm in Texas. Wasn't it? A, a lot of it was in Texas. Wow. <laughs> so Jade Helm, and I, I studied that a lot when it happened uh, in 2015. Jade Helm to uh, Jade Helm 15 was an operation where they moved hundreds of thousands of MRAPs and Blackhawks and tanks and troops into Texas. <laughs> See how this all kind of makes sense? Mm-hmm. See how it's rolling? And they just, and not just Texas, but all over the um, kind of like conservative parts of, and people reacted, and that was kind of the point of the project. They wanted to see who would react, locate, identify them, and be ready for something. And what were they trying to be ready for? For what's happening now. They're already there. That's why they can roll these things out so efficiently. They're already there. (laughs) And so that's the problem. Mm. So... With the vaccine, what what do you think? Oh they're... wait, 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 before you go into that, hold that question. Okay. Because I wanted to reflect for a second about the Christian thing, because that's a really hard one. Um, people, they, people seem to hate people who talk about Christianity, or Bible thumpers, or how do you know? Like, how do you know for certain? You know, all that kind of. And you know, as if Christians have not been through that a hundred, hundred thousand times. You know, thought about that. Um, I try to lead people to what the occult, the dark occult, is doing and represents and Luciferian agendas. I try to get them fully understanding, you know, what's real in the world and what it's all about. And then they will either get wise enough to look into Christianity and to figure out that the other side of the occult is Christ. Because Hollywood paints the picture of, oh, Christ is just a teacher and it's just all bullshit, you know, the whole thing. Um, if I can get them to look at the Luciferian occult, the dark occult, that's kind of become my area of expertise, is the occult psychology, occult Satanism. Um, not becoming one of them, but by understanding the way they think and how they operate, and the ritualistic 
um, alchemical nature of their darkest occult, if you can relate that to people, it tends to kind of bring them into an awakening where they go, oh, wait a minute, okay, this is actually happening and it's real. And that can draw them to the end, to looking into Christ himself. If you try to just Bible thump or mention Christ too much, people are so brainwashed by mostly Hollywood, they can't grasp it and it will polarize them kind of against everything you're saying. So you have to be very careful about bringing Christ into the conversation at all these days. Um, that's why I, I kind of have this understanding that there's going to be people who wake up, and this is exactly what the Bible says too, um, and are you know seeking God and, uh, and trying to figure out like what that's all about. Like it's not easy often. And then there's those who refuse to, and, and they simply will perish. Period. It's, it's not that I want that. It's just that's the way it is. It's, that's the way it's been for you know thousands of years. Go back to the flood of Noah. Um, what was the problem back then? It was genetics. It was the Nephilim. The uh, the defiling of the genetic pool was the problem. You know, the Sodom and Gomorrah. These were genetically defiled, and so they had to be washed away. And that's the story of Noah, that the pure genetics, they don't say it quite that way, but it is kind of mentioned about the genetics and the bloodline. All these things are mentioned in the early Genesis, biblical Genesis 6, Nephilim. Um, um, and then then you have an understanding for why the flood happened. You had to kind of wash away the genetic corruption, the satanic um, hybrids. And, and what is happening right now? The same thing. So I'm trying to get people to see that you you, you need to start looking into Christ right now because <laughs> this is a reboot. This There's nothing is, new it, under it, the sun, right? It's happened before. Yeah, this is not. It's not like oh they just figured this out. This is just a reboot of the same genetic protocol uh, modification engineering that was going back to Christian era. See, people think the early Christians and the early civilizations were stupid. Are you kidding? Look at the, just the pyramids themselves and the, the I mean, this tremendous technology and alchemical-rooted al- technology, like real science, not fake cell phone stuff, but real alchemical understanding of, um, of the forces of electromagnetics. And, you know, it was, it was all happening back then. It was, it was, they were not retarded, you know. So um, I'm just trying to, like, throw that out to people who are, are trying to figure out and get a, um, a compass as to what's going on, that looking into Christ is probably got to be top on your list at this point. Yeah, so you, you were talking about genetic manipulation, and obviously with the vaccines, mRNA, uh, altering some, like you pointed out, they're not even calling it a vaccine, they're calling it gene therapy. So what yeah. what do you think specifically they're changing about us? Uh, and you also mentioned chimeras. Um, what do you mean by all of that? Well, we can talk genetic Armageddon because that's what you're talking about in my yeah. book. Um, and that is, I mean, it's like where do you begin, right? Yeah. Um, that is what they're doing. You know, genetic engineering. Um, you know, to, to talk about this, I would probably go to the, another bigger picture. The, the, it's not just playing around with genetics. They're, these are Luciferians who are steeped in a religion that involves pans, panspermia. It's the idea that aliens have seeded 
or are art are the architects of mankind, like the plot from um, Alien Covenant by Ridley Scott, or um, Prometheus by Ridley Scott. Yeah. The same thing. Um, I, I always talk about those two movies. Anyone who knows me, I have a friend, um, Michael Epperson, he's a good friend of mine, he's very, very bright, he knows, he knows a lot about this stuff too, and I keep talking about Alien Covenant and Panspermia, and he always hears this from me. And that's because um, what's happening is a religion, and their agenda is to uh, genetically mutate and push mutational variants in the genetic pool to change the genome to create a human 2.0, a, a hybrid, a non-human um, chimera of mutations and merged with machine like AI, cybernetics and robotics and um, essentially to, to um, exterminate mankind. And once people understand that this is the agenda, it's not to just fuck with you or if I can say it on your show, but it's not just to um, mess with you or kill you or they want to exterminate all human beings if possible and replace it with a genetic hybrid um, transhumanistic creature just like what happened in Alien Covenant David the AI was experimenting like a peach the earth's like a petri dish you know and these geneticist luciferians are experimenting with our species we're, we're the, the lab rats that's why they're not talking about doing genetic or doing um, trials of the vaccine, no animal trials. They're just launching out with it because guess who's the animal trial? It's human beings. We're the animal trials. They're going to see if it doesn't kill you, it will genetically mutate you. They want to see how many new combinations of mutational variants they can push in the human genome to arrive at the kind of chimera and they will be mi mixing AI uh, Elon Musk style neuro meshing, um, you know, wiring and 5G entrained nanoparticles. So the vaccine has a nanoparticle metallurgy inside of it. it, has metals, it has silicone, it has an operating system for your, your body. And so it's like you're, you're genetically becoming modified and also brought online to a 5G driven kind of Skynet. Um, where you're under full control, like a like a hive, like a beehive. You're under full control of this Luciferian religion, um, this New Age religion. And so it's very, very, very deep and dark occult stuff. It's very, 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 very satanic. It's like having robotic, chimera, wicked, um, Lucifer-worshipping hybrids cover the earth. I mean, I have no idea where this is going to go. They don't even know. They're, they'd like to have kind of an alien covenant, xenomorphic hybrid, I think. The sickly... <laughs> have you ever seen uh, Alien Covenant or Alien series? I saw Prometheus, but not the the sequel, the Alien Covenant. Yeah, it's like a most unimaginable, horrific thing where the um, Luciferian transhumanists they want to push so many mutations and genetic hybrid experiments in the petri dish of Earth so they can arrive at this super chimera hybrid breed. It's a genetically it's like spliced creature, um, like a superhero kind of thing. It's, uh, it has to do with recombinant DNA techniques, uh, which constitute DNA molecules that are formed by laboratory methods and genetic recombination. And um, they, these transhumanists, they want what's called a xenogenesis. 
Genesis in the Bible, Xenogenesis is to take over all life using Earth as a petri dish or test tube uh, to spawn every imaginable and unimaginable crossbreed creature from the depths of hell. And I'm being dramatic. That's really what's going on. They're really un. What did Elon Musk say? Uh, AI is quote. I think he said, "Is it unleashing the demon?" What did he say? You know that famous uh, quote. Yeah, I think released. it was. I think it was like releasing the demon or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they, and they always talk in this language as if it's you know, oh, we're just kidding. No, they're not kidding. Mm-hmm. The, these are these are not atheists, and they're not really Christians, and they're not really pantheists. They're you know, Luciferians. They're they're um, they view that the aliens that they talk about, you know, from other worlds and all these films from Hollywood, to their way of thinking, it's demonic, interdimensional powers. Um, and it kind of, like, tracks perfectly with quantum physical research and mechanics, talking about interdimensional superposition. Um, you've got, um, this makes it quantum property, dualistic properties of light, you know, particle, wave, dualistic properties. You've got all these things that are um, quantum physics itself is a repackaging of ancient hermetic Babylonian al- alchemy. It's all it is. And Kabbalah, you repackage Kabbalah, you wind up with quantum physics and astrophysics. So all these things, they, well, my point is, all these things that are scientific, this is my scientism research, it, it anchors back into these alchemical hermetic from Hermes, uh, Babylonian occult religions, these secret societies, these mystery schools that wanted to truly contact interdimensional occult dark satanic powers to push an agenda for what I call apotheosis. They want to become God and live forever through this occult knowledge. And I have a book called Apotheosis and the Cosmos. It's um, one of my favorite books I've ever written because it, it goes right to the heart of it. Apotheosis means to become God and the cosmos, pushing the narrative of the cosmos where you've got celestial heavens, you've got black holes and all these powers, and we're, we have like NASA and SpaceX and the Mars rover, and we're, we're launching out into the expanding space. Okay, it's all fake. The whole thing's fake. It's just a narrative. It's a religion of the occult to push your brain into an expansive celestial outer space journey, like Star Trek or Star Wars, so you'll be on board with the idea of like aliens uh, contacting us and that they're our architects. Aliens are our gods. And so now we can become godlike if we subscribe to their technologies and they're gonna give us, and you see how this, I, I know the story I'm, I'm telling is, is massively huge. I'm trying to connect it together, but we're, we're dealing with a narrative of panspermia, which is feeding the earth through alien uh, forces, panspermia, with the alien contact narrative, which is the book I wrote called One Deception to Rule Them All, um, with the Luciferian New Age, which is their idea of becoming one in one cosmic consciousness. You see, it all has a nexus point, that kind of like astrophysics and astronomy, where the uh, cosmic consciousness of man is ascending into this hive-like worship of these alien creatures that are Luciferian. You see how it all comes together? And so they're just going to start announcing more and more alien stuff. And lo and behold, the Mars rover, right? That's in the, in the headlines now, right? Well, there was also a headline um, that in the latest coronavirus uh, package stimulus 
um, thing that Congress passed that they had to have full alien disclosure in like 90 or 120 days, something like that. I don't, did you run across that? An alien disclosure they're going to give? It was in the coronavirus stimulus package where they said that they in the next 90 days, 90 to 100 days, something like that, that there has to be full alien disclosure. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Be- because that that's the final deception, right? I mean, once the aliens yeah. show up, that then it, all bets are off. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, I wrote my book called One Deception to Rule Them All. And, and when I wrote it, I thought it would be the final deception, right? I thought, okay, the alien, fake alien contact, alien um, uh, invasion, however they're going to you know, plot this thing out, that it would be like the final deception that would unite the world into a lockdown and the worship of Lucifer as an alien life form, right? And then this pandemic comes along, and I go, oh, okay, maybe maybe this is the one deception, right? Yeah. Um, but now we're, we're kind of back to the climate change, um, save the earth, and then the alien thing comes back. It's like they backtracked to climate change, and they backpedaled even more to pick up the alien agenda, you know, the fake, well, they, to them, they're not saying it's fake, they're saying it's real. Um, and it's, and it's like the, it, it's the, it's like the biggest perfect storm now, where you just drop the alien thing into the equation, the variable, where now there's, uh, our, like the, the virus came from alien life, you know, just like the theme from um, Alien Covenant or Prometheus, where there's this virus, that or a thousand Hollywood films it comes from alien sources and um, now we either have to like I don't know worship this alien creator of ours or learn how to conquer the virus through their technology or whatever they're going to do to spin this I, I mean <laughs> whatever it is if it goes through to the point of alien contact which like from what you said wow I didn't know that they're, they're getting pretty close oh here it is um COVID-19 bill started a 180-day countdown for UFO disclosures. This was, uh, this is the New York Post on December 29th. So 180 days from then. So what is that? Six months. So yeah. So right around June, we're supposed to have uh, UFO disclosures according to this COVID-19 stimulus bill that they passed. And so it, uh, the idea of. Um you know, you, you've seen a lot of these Hollywood films where demonic forces, they can't really incarnate. They have to, it's what's called possession. They have to kind of like, like if you take enough of the wrong drugs, you're possessed, really. That's, what, that's what's happening. Um, and demonic forces possess you, and that's how they get their job done, you know? The idea of, of, of breaking through the veil of kind of the inter- the quantum, and then, again, we forget Christ, forget theology. Let's just talk quantum physics, because everyone's like, oh, you're... Christ is bullshit, like theology is bullshit. Well, and they believe in the new age quantum physical model. So I can just talk about that all day long because I'm just as versed in that. The quantum mechanical understanding of reality and the fabric of space-time and all the narratives that came out of um, MIT and NASA. Um, just, on, just on those grounds, there's inter, interdimensional quantum superposition and entanglement, all of this stuff happening which is the exact same thing as the occult narrative going back to Babylon and the Kabbalah. It's identical because the quantum physical and 
the astrophysical narrative is simply a repackaging of ancient Kabbalah. And if you look at the um, quantum physics pioneers coming out of Eastern Europe, uh, Max Planck, Niels Bohr, you got all these guys, they were steeped in Einstein, they were steeped in Kabbalah, in occultism, like Sir Isaac Newton was steeped in alchemy. You know, all these guys were steeped in the occult. They didn't just invent Western quantum physical equations. They were involved in occult um, religions. Okay, so if you take that idea of quantum physics, interdimensional entanglement and superposition and the dualistic properties of, of uh, light being a particle in a wave, take it all, um, you arrive at the idea of ripping a veil or ripping through the veil of space-time, uh, literally on a quantum physical scientific level, ripping through or tearing through the veil of three-dimensional frequencies and quantum physical, you know, even non-space-time, I guess, in a way. And what is CERN? This is what CERN is doing. Uh, CERN is involved in kind of ripping through, creating a uh, stargate or a portal. Um, there is the idea that they have been able or will actually access these kind of demonic interdimensional properties directly instead of uh, as, instead of as con the human beings being a conduit for them to actually un unleash. And you got uh, what do you got? Elon Musk, you know, summoning. That's what he said. We're summoning the demon with e with AI, and we're summoning the demon. Okay, so they're they're giving all the little breadcrumbs for many decades, and if they are actually at the level where they're just kind of fully unleash quantum, physical, interdimensional, you know, demonic uh, forces, um, that's that is the biblical, you know, apocalyptic Armageddon. That's that, that's it. There's no question. I mean, when that happens, you can't just deny it at that point. Well, that's what they talk about, and you've talked about that. You know, Lucifer could very well be AI, because you know, Lou cipher, cipher code, AI, all of that kind of yeah. stuff. And uh, that guy I was telling you about, EA Coetting, who Daniel had on End of Days Radio, he was saying he's like. Uh, aliens, AI, Lucifer, Satan, it's all kind of the same thing. And I was just like, holy shit, you know, a, a guy who practices these dark arts, dark magic rituals and blood sacrifices and stuff like that, he's saying straight up, you know, he's contacted all of these entities and he's like, yeah, you know, it's all kind of the same thing. AI, Lucifer, Satan, it's all kind of the same deal. Well, of course it is. And in college, I did my share of psychedelics, and so it's hard to fool me. A lot of people, they, they think, oh, you're just like academically writing about the occult, and it's like, no, I, I was teaching New Age, you know, I was teaching yoga and ethnogens and highly complex psychedelics and astral travel. Like, I know from doing it what it is. And yeah, Lucifer is alive and well. It's not like an academic thing I studied. It's it's beyond, it's like the most seductive, powerful, wicked thing you can possibly comprehend. And then multiply that times about 200 trillion. Um, don't ever underestimate the power of Lucifer and Luciferian energies. I mean, whether you think the Bible is a joke or not, these are real energies. And they're real seductive powers. And they, they will take over your mind. I mean, quite, not even, it's so easy for them to do it. What do you think all this... Um, kind of like 
overemphasis in sexuality and narcissism and materialism. I mean, the whole world is Luciferian. I'm not the first to say that. Um, I think Christ mentioned <laughs> the whole. Uh, he, he even he even paid tribute to Satan and Lucifer. He said the only time uh, Christ mentioned there being a God, he said, "You are the God of this world." That's the only time that I know that Lucifer is real and the, the God of this world. So if you're worshiping the God of this world, you know, if you haven't seen your way to understanding that, um, you will be subjected to, um, what's the best way of putting it, um, you will become the beast system. Well, isn't that the Gnostic idea that, uh, you know, the god of this world is actually evil and the Demiurge? Well, the uh, the Gnostic idea of the Demiurge and Sophia falling from grace Mm -hmm. and that this is a... Well, the uh, the Gnostic view is it was made corrupt and that the Yahweh is the evil, corrupt god that, that made us in oppression, okay? The biblical understanding is that God made you free with free will pure, holy, and um, devout to its creator in the best way. You know, there's nothing bad about it at all. Um, and that Lucifer corrupted it by saying, y- you, you, um, you can become God. Instead of God's creation, you can become God if you just you know, eat this fruit. It's the knowledge of the fruit, knowledge of the, of the, um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the idea of having this secret knowledge and so, what did the Luciferians and the mystery schools always preach? That you need knowledge, right? You need knowledge and you can become a god. That's really the teaching of the New Age, too, that mm-hmm. if you meditate enough, if you um, eat enough um, you know, psilocybin and DMT and you meditate, and you, you can ascend and become enlightened and you become a little mini-god. I've known, I was in the New Age, so I know. I've known hundreds of New Agers. They, they'll tell me to my face, they say, I am God. And you were God, you know. And I have a joke with those guys. I go, can you make an orange appear without a tree? Just make an orange. Not a, not a universe, not a world, just an orange. Let's just start small. I would have posted a post-it note. <laughs> and they kind of like looking at me like, what do you mean? I say, well, if you're God, I mean, the God that I understand created the world. It's pretty big. If you can make, how about, um, how about, pop tart just make a pop tart appear on your hand just start simple you know of course they get my understanding you're not god and so this is the whole luciferian hubris and arrogance you can become god through technology and and again that's the mystery school um mystery schools that we're fighting that they believe in all this well and again going back to that guy eo ea quetting why i found him so uh, captivating is because all of these ideas that I've been hearing for all of these years, I've been listening to podcasts, reading these books, all these Luciferian ideas, he was lending credence to, you know, he summoned these entities, he's doing blood sacrifices, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, Lucifer's, he's the light brainer, and his, his number one commandment is know thyself, and that we can all be gods, and we need to, uh, you know, march forward into transhumanism and merge with AI and like all of these things, and I'm just like, holy shit! But uh, to I, I'd like to respectfully um, press you a little bit on something. Sure. If so, if Lucifer corrupted God's creation, 
but God is all-knowing. So God would have known that Lucifer was going to corrupt his creation, so then it was his will for that to happen, right? Yeah, this is where you get into, um, I have a book called um, Atheism Refuted, No Apology Necessary, mm-hmm. or or maybe it's called No Apology Necessary, Atheism Refuted, I, I can't remember. Anyway, it's a book I wrote, and the idea was, um, one of the things is the Epicurean, what's called the problem of evil, you know, um, if God is all-powerful, when it's coming to evil, you know, how can evil be around if God is created? It's like circular reasoning from a Greek Epicurus. And, you know, when's coming to evil if God is all-powerful? And you know, all these slick sophistries they, to show that, um, you know, evil is from God. <laughs> well, the problem, I, I brought out a lot of arguments in that book, and it's very complex. That's one of the hardest problems of all philosophic discourse, the problem of evil. Mm-hmm. It's a classical classical philosophic riddle that you read in, you know, Philosophy 101 at UCLA or whatever. Um, and it's kind of like this. Free will, which is another thing, there's hard free will, there's hard determinism, soft determinism, all these philosophic platforms. Um, and a lot of people just are atheists, say, well, no, you don't really have free will, it's biologically determined. And, but ultimately, you actually do have free will. Um, even if people choose, if it's biological, like, oh, I need to eat to survive. There's people who, anorexics, they choose not to eat. You know, they override biology, mm-hmm. and they die. So you can override biological determinism. So it's, it's really not the way it works, even though some atheists like to um, enforce that idea. Um, you do have free will, and I think that's really what we're talking about, is you have free will, um, you're created with free will, and you can choose um, Lucifer, you know, Luciferian, because it feels good at first, of sex, drugs, rock and roll, it feels great, because it's a sensual Luciferian uh, fruit that you're eating, and it leads to more addictions to this realm of materialism, um, and it can lead to new age pantheism, where you're kind of like trying to get like secret knowledge, you're not, you're not so fleshly as much as this occultist, you know, trying to just get secret knowledge, right? Um, so... The idea that, you know, how would God do this if the plan is for us to fall? Well, it's kind of like God's plan, as far as I know, is, is giving you free will with the plan, right? It's like um, it's like a parent saying, well, your child could potentially choose poorly and wind up as a heroin addict in a ghetto, right? The parent doesn't plan that. The parents get, the, the child has free will, and the parent gives the child knowledge and wisdom to guide that child in their in the context of their free will to a positive outcome. If the child uses their free will, now here's the here's the thing: Why do some people choose Luciferian paths to the, the, the bloody end, and others, you know, wake up and discover Christianity and Christ, and you know, they don't. Okay, that's. Another thing that's hard to solve is why do some people choose God? Why do some people not? Um, and we could be opening up a Pandora's box of genetics here that few of us are qualified to really, really understand that there could be a genetic protocol to the creation, which we're, we're discovering the genome and DNA, this thing that archives information and creates the body. I mean, we, we stumbled across the spark of life here. Um, and it could be that God never planned like, this huge fall of man. He just planned free will. 
and God is beyond time space by definition, so he would know that, that man would fall. And then you get into this idea of how would you redeem mankind back after Lucifer ravaged him with seductions? How would you redeem man back? Well, there's the idea of Christ came as a, you know, as a sacrifice uh, on the altar of Christ, all the sins, and to redeem man back to God. That's the story of Christianity, and it actually makes coherent logical sense. And I think that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the agenda for free will. That um, a fallen, a fallen um, energy, Lucifer, and, and to figure all this out, like, well, how could Lucifer fall if God is all-powerful? I mean, all these things that the human mind is trying to um, understand, these contradictions and paradoxes, I'm not so sure that we're even equipped in a dualistic way to grasp that. There's people that will do DMT or LSD and will have understandings that are so complex and multi-layered, there's no way to understand them in dualistic terms. You'd have to be on acid, and I know, and it's done by sure acid in college. You have to be frying on acid to even begin to grasp the conclusions and understandings that happen, you know, or under the influence of dimethyltryptamines or psilocybin. The, the dualistic mind cannot even begin to understand. So if that's the case for just LSD, imagine how it would be for understanding the mind of God. Mm. Okay, so that's my, that's my response to all these people who, who like demand an answer about, that's not you, I'm just saying your atheists do this, they like demand an answer about the motivations behind God or the powers of God or all these things. It's like, well, I'm not God, and you know, neither of us are on LSD to even relate to each other the super complexities, all we can do is use logic and paradoxical circularities and, you know, just poetically talk about it. Um, but to try to bring it home again, I think we're dealing with a God that's dealing, that's uh, authorized free will. Um, and then realize that the free will also in, encourages or engenders Lucifer with a certain amount of power. So the, um, the rectification of all that, or justification, was the but, it, but with Noah, um, you know, that was the logical extreme of free will with the chimeras and the Nephilim. And, and then God's like, all right, you know what, enough free will that I got to, you know, flood the entire earth. Well, that's it's kind of what it looks like. It's That's why I, I never really understood the Noah thing. Like, why would God kill everybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, know, you got Charles Dawkins and you know, Christopher Hitchens. Hitchens was like, I wrote a whole paper about him. He was wrong about so many scientific uh, facts. Like, there's a, you could build an encyclopedia about the misnomers and erroneous things that he said. And then he built logic based upon his erroneous knowledge. It, he really is the biggest joke in the dialectical debate circle that somehow, because he had a British accent and he was rather kind of like stoutly and corpulent and smoked a cigar, that he was, people thought he was hip. But him, and Dawkins, and um, there's a few of those guys that put put out all this stuff about how um, you, you got to have you got to have a, a, an evil god to do this. This has to be an evil god, and, and it just doesn't wash at all. It, it does make sense that people chose poorly, and they can, just like now, <laughs> people like worshiping Miley Cyrus, you know. Just, People worshiping porn stars and drug addicts, you know, it, it's the same thing. And so you would have to, you can't redeem, you, 
this though is that like it's almost not even free will because free will involves informed consent but all these people are so heavily propagandized and fluoridated and gmo'd and all the other things that they just believe what tucker carlson says what anderson cooper says what rachel maddow says they believe what they say that the numbers are going through the roof that they have to wear two masks when they go to walmart or else they're going to kill their grandma and so it's almost like well why not take the vaccine you know that's the that's the mindset of like 80 percent of the population well remember the thing about free will um there's little micro decisions you make throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. Hundreds, if not thousands. And millions, if not billions of micro decisions you make since you were one years old. Every step of the way, under the consciousness of free will, you've been choosing. You can choose, to, you can choose like to reach out for a bottle of milk when you're a little kid. Uh, you can choose to like chase down that sexy redhead when you're, you know, you're 18 and see if you can have sex with her. It's your choice, okay? Um, you can't blame the, um, and I am not saying you, I mean in the royal you, you know, one cannot blame the media and even Lucifer for falling. There's a good movie called The Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves. And the title, the, the Luciferian character is like, you know, you made the decision. It's not me. You chose me. I can't make you do anything. I can seduce. I can do anything. Um, if, if someone is seduced by atheism and ignorance and they follow those patterns and they go down that road or they have their fathers and mothers who are atheists, if they, I mean, there's how many people had mothers and fathers who were atheists or Satanists and they come out the other end as, as devout Christians. There's a fair amount that choose Christ having no information or even guidance about Christ. Why is that? I do think we have conscious, I do, we, we have a conscious of a moral compass of what's right and wrong. And that's why Christians are so humble because they know that they're doing wrong so much. I, I mean, 
Christian isn't a pure person. A real Christian is a person who understands how defiled and wicked and sinful they actually are, or their nature is at least. And so they choose Christ out of being broken and defeated by the Luciferian world. I came to Christ not because I was high and mighty. I came to Christ because I realized I was like the worst. And I'm still, I'm still holding to my guns. I, I, I'm like the worst, you know. And of course, a lot of Christians would say the same thing, but it's true. Um, and so, people who just keep going down that path of vaccines and this and that and Luciferian and the technology. Well, it's their choice every step of the way. No one's making them. Um, the information's out there. They're sifting through it and arriving at certain conclusions based on their worldview. You know, atheistic worldview, pantheistic worldview, New Age worldview, satanic worldview, whatever. Um, why are some people choosing that and others not? Well, it's the free will and their alignment with Luciferian um, energies and pleasures, uh, often carnal and hedonistic and power that they're making along the way. Don't tell me these these like um, Karens, they call them Karens, these women, these liberal Karens that are beating people over the head for not wearing masks. Don't tell me they don't like power. They love it. No oh, yeah. They're getting off they're getting off on being little mini Stalins, little mini Mussolini. And so um, I really believe that we're accountable to free will. I mean in when the push comes to shove, you know what you're doing is right or wrong. In the depths of the froze of MD, of a methamphetamine mixed with uh, alcohol, you're just like out of your mind. You still know what you're doing. That's the shame part. Why do you think these people are so heavy-hearted? The shame. I mean, they should. All of them just turn to Christianity. They're so heavy-hearted and naturally shameful. They go, you know what? This fits with Christianity. I might as well be Christian. That's that's my you know. Christ is like, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a gift. As soon as you recognize your your mortality and your limits as a creation of God, it's the it's the go, um, past go card. You know the monopoly thing. Um, you're, you're free. It, it's a gift. Eternal life. Bam, yours. So I think it's a free will game. I'm coming back to it. it's a free will game. People make their choices. They know what they're doing. They can pretend like they're not, but they know it. Yeah, you know, I, I do think that's a good point. It, you know, we were all indoctrinated by this system at one point, but then it just seems right. like there's a there's a subsection of us that have, you know, gotten out of that mindset. Um, exactly, yeah. But, I was raised go I was ahead. Catholic, and then I got, into, I got into the New Age. I've studied everything. I've been Christian science and Muslim. Well, that's what she was, a Buddhist. I practiced Zen meditation at a monastery. I taught yoga. I mean, I've been through it all. And so, I can't really, you can't really fool me about, oh, well, I just didn't have the information. Oh, no, it's not like that. It's that I was full of the arrogance of the New Age, you know, or that, oh, I don't need Christ. Like, that's ridiculous. I don't want to be a fool. I mean, all these things, at what point do, do we have to start saying that there, we have a heart and a consciousness that has to be addressed, not just like a brute, empirical logic game well that seems foolish so I will choose whatever right you know that I think we're accountable again I'm just I'm just saying the same thing but we're accountable to um, free will but go ahead what were you saying well like you were saying earlier 
you know, it's it's the year of false flags and hoaxes and plagues. And it seems like something straight out of the book of Revelation. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on, like, uh, you know, the Antichrist and uh, end of days stuff. Well, we're kind of at what I call the age of extinction. Um, we're witnessing the end times right now. It's like eugenics program, transhumanists are rising. They don't want any humans except roboticized humans. And um, the human race, have, we've come to a point of there's no flesh left alive. It's just transhumanism, genetic engineering, and the, the golden age of mythological monsters, and godlike humans, superheroes, robots, demon-possessed machines. Um, and it's all going to take humanity to the brink of extinction. So, and we're, we're, we're seeing this, you know, say goodbye to flesh and blood. Just, just say goodbye. But silicon is being mixed with carbon. Carbon is in the crosshairs. It's the enemy of man, of, um, you know, the Luciferians. They're trying to get rid of carbon because carbon is, is life firming. So you got all these climate change agendas and you have all these, um, emissions control agendas and everything is oriented in Bill Gates stuff to get rid of carbon. So they're trying to stop all life and you get rid of carbon, which is how, you know, plants and animals and human beings have a symbiotic relationship involving carbon and carbon dioxide and oxygen. Um, they're going to kill, I think, every single person with uh, masks. The masks stop your oxygen, but, you know, get rid of carbon and you'll <laughs> see how long you can breathe. Yeah. Because you need, you know, plants for oxygen and they, they thrive off of carbon dioxide. Um, so everything's engineered to, to get rid of humans. And so if that's the end times, I mean, it sounds kind of like we're moving into, you know, the biblical, the, the classical textbook end times and not just everyone goes oh this is the end times no where you actually have the elimination or extermination elimination of all humans and and supplanted with this cyborg chimera genetically modified machine driven silicon based creature and you know all carbon life will die um i now if they can push the envelope into where they become transhumanistic, where they have like all artificial robotics inside of them, and um, I mean, I don't know to what extent they they have it going on their side. I mean, it could be to the level where they're just you know, full on cyborgs, and they want to make us like them, you know, cybernetic and cyborgs. Mm -hmm. So if that's the end times, you know, it's, it it smacks of that to me. Human 2.0, end of mankind. Yeah, uh, I, I listened to this guy, um, Clinton Kowatch, and, um, you know, he's a biblical scholar and so on and so forth, and he says that um, in the book of Revelation, it says, you know, 80 years, or the same generation that sees the creation of the Jewish state, which is Israel, is the same generation that will see the end of days. And so I, I guess the Bible, according to Clinton Kowatch, describes a generation as 80 years. So from 1948, the creation of Israel, 80 years after that would be 2028, would be the end date. And the way the, the way that they're ramping everything up, like how they are, 
makes it seem like, well, actually 2028, it might be 2025 or 2023, <laughs> you know? It, it kind of feels like, yeah, it feels like that, especially, um, the carbon thing. I was talking about the carbon thing. Uh, you know, Bill Gates and his billionaires club. You know, because now he switched narratives to carbon is bad. Um, you know, carbon is bad. Some people produce carbon, so and life is carbon. Uh, therefore, life is bad, and people are life. Therefore, people must be exterminated, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you got like sunlight creates warmth, and they're they're trying to uh, block the sun. Bill Gates has this thing to seed the air, like like chemtrails, to block the sun, because, you know, the sun is causing global warming. <laughs> I mean, it's like, they, the, the global warming there went away because they couldn't pull it off. They had to switch to climate change. Now he's going back to global warming. We could stop global warming, right? So the idea is that sunlight creates warmth, and warmth is bad because, you know, it's melting the polar ice caps, which is not, but you know, that's the narrative. Therefore, sunlight is bad, so blocking the sun is good, and... Now, sunlight supports life, just like carbon, right? But life creates carbon, right? Because the uh, symbiotic relationship between carbon dioxide, plants, animals, and human beings, you know, carbon creates, or life creates carbon, and it's not supporting um, life. So, So not supporting life is good in the Agenda 21 narrative. You know, literally, not just not supporting carbon and not supporting sunlight, but not supporting life, no animal life, no marine life, nothing airborne, no human beings, to save the planet, and, Gaia. And anybody that questions that, I mean, there's this guy, I think his name's Tony Heller of RealClimateScience.com, and he just yeah. he has a 15-minute video on his homepage that spells it out for everybody, like eight, or I forget how long ago it was, maybe 20,000 years ago. Uh, there were there was 8,000 parts per million carbon in the air. We saw the biggest explosion of life this planet's ever seen. And, uh, or, or plane, like, I, I don't subscribe to um, stars and, you know, we're this vast speck and all of this right, right. meaningless universe. Uh, I do believe in the hard, fast barrier and um, the Van Allen radiation belt being the dome and stuff like that. I, I, I do well, find yeah, some you're, truth. You're pretty, you're Preaching to the choir. I have like five books on enclosed cosmology. Yep, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, you're you're actually what tuned me in to some of that, or the first serious person I heard talking about those ideas back in like 2018. But yeah, I've been I've been cited by many thousands of people now. As I they cite me as quote I'm the gateway drug to God at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great way of saying it. But yeah. ag- again, with uh, parts per million carbon. They say right now, you know, uh, oh, we we went over 400 parts per million carbon in the atmosphere. The, the Earth is going to be like the surface of the sun. And you look, you look thousands of years ago, it was 4,000 parts per million during an ice age, 8,000 parts per million, and we had the biggest explosion of life, more animals and plants on on this planet, more than in any time in human history so now we're at 400 and we're at this extinction level threat that we have to fight with every resource that every man woman and child has bullshit dude i, I so even their even their own science that, that i like i'm glad you i'm glad you pointed this out because one of the things i like to point out is even by their own science they're absurd and incorrect 
And you don't have to introduce any of your own science, just their own statistics are wrong. You just leave it right there. And so it's, it's kind of like death by a thousand cuts. You know, climate change, pandemic, AI, food shortage, we, uh, weaponized weather. Like, you know, it's a war of attrition. They have many, 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 many little tiny things that culminate into the extermination of mankind. So, um, yeah, your whole, well, but everything you're saying is correct is plant growth accelerates if you increase the CO2 to levels up to around 1,500 parts per million. Um, any grower will tell you that you get a 1,000% increase of growth speed at 1,500 uh, parts per million. And they're trying to keep it below like 200, which actually stops, that'll stop all plant growth on the earth. So, I mean, I think it's clear what I'm saying. And they want net zero. <laughs> They want net zero carbon, is, is what well, the yeah, end goal is. He, this is the thing. Gates, he was pretty clear. He said, well, he gave a, you know, the cover of a Wired magazine. Well, we, we hope to achieve. It's as if he's talking about the pandemic, like zero, like flatten the curve, like zero cases. But he, he changed the word to zero carbon, not zero viral cases, but zero. It's the same narrative. But it, what? That would mean everything would die. I mean, not just human beings, all plants, all like, now, why would they even want to disclose this? Because, again, panspermia, the religion of this occult, this cabal, is to kill all life and supplant it. You know, funny that I use the word supplant in there, but they want to replace it um, with a non-humanistic, non-godlike, AI-driven, Dude, and you know what? They always called carbon the god particle, right? Right. Oh, so then it comes full circle. The Luciferian plan, getting rid of all carbon, ceasing all life on Earth. Yeah, that's why um, in my next book, which is not out yet, called Scientocracy, um, I write at length. It's called. It's a chapter called The Gates of Hell Open Up. You know, Bill Gates of Hell. Yeah. Gates of Hell. And I talk about... Um, carbon and oxygen and sunlight being, quote, in the crosshairs. Why are they trying to get rid of all carbon, all oxygen? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm laughing because just, just talk to a five-year-old. Uh, um, Sandra, like a five-year-old, if we get rid of all life, you know, like plants and trees, people and birds, and we get rid of all sunlight and all the oxygen, well, well how, how will things how will things be? You know, in a little five-year-old, what? All sunlight? All, we, we will die. It's like, okay, so a five-year-old can figure this out. Why aren't adults figuring it out? Yeah. Well, because they're so propagandized by the kind of vitriolic scene of these emotional broadcasts. Zero emission. Uh, zero viral. You know, it's just all sensationalistic hoopla, you know, like Hollywood hoopla. So people just, well, I guess they got it all figured out. I guess I don't have to look into it. You know, and I know that probably badgers you too, that people just want to remain dumb. I tell you, we're going to always come back to the same thing, that there's going to be people who choose, um, thinking that if they die, that that's somehow their ticket out. They, they're going to choose the B system, either knowingly or unknowingly, um, or wind up in kind of an eternal state of whatever hell is, you know, it's, 
forever. There's no going back at some point. You know? So, yeah. Extermination of all things living. Mm. That's their religion. And that makes everything make sense. All the um, stuff you're talking about with um, carbon and oxygen and plant life and life itself and transhumanism and an alien uh, contact. I mean, it all makes sense in the context of them wanting to stop all God-created life. You know, this is a war against God. That's really what this is. It's not against humans. It's a, it's a war against the Lord. Just exactly like the Bible said, the principalities of dark and light fighting it out, and it's like the battlefield is the soul of man, but we are not we're not the game, really. I mean, we, we kind of are, because we're like God's, you know, precious creation. But we're, the game is, at this point, it's like interdimensional, quantum, physical, Luciferian against Christ powers. And they're just duking it out, and we're, um, we're on the battlefield, or our, our souls are. You know, Lucifer wants to defile the soul of the creation of God. That, that's all this is about. What do you think the masks are about? It's to hide the image of God, the face of the Lord. To um, defile it, to to make it uh, overly sexually promiscuous and drug addicted, and to kill it, and just just to kill anything that's from God. I mean, the amount of venomous hate that's coming out of the Luciferian agenda and Luciferian energies is so beyond any normal human being to comprehend that they just have to jettison the whole thing and say it's crazy. I mean, how do you comprehend Satanism at that level? Uh, again, I've taken in college a few. <laughs> just the right combinations of drugs to actually taste it, not think it, but to taste what that evil realm is. And um, there's no way to explain the depths of evil. There's, there's no way to, to communicate that to people, what it really is. But many apostles have been tried to, and mystics and, and, and um, uh, prophets, but uh, ultimately it's, it's nothing you want to and that's where I come to a crossroads personally, because I, I've never done psychedelics or, you know, summoned an entity or anything like that. But I have this this unending curiosity to just to just know. And so, like, sometimes I think about, like, well, maybe I should dabble with some uh, mushrooms. And uh, a few months ago, I was listen I listened to this uh, Gnostic podcast called Aeon Bite. And they, you know, they had on this guy where he had summoned, like, the 72 Shah Harem Nefarash angels or something like that. And he wrote, like, a whole uh, book full of grimoires, how to summon these angels. I'm like, oh, well, I'd like to talk to an angel. But then I come back, and I'm just like, dude... You know, don't don't do any summoning. Don't take any LSD or anything like that because I know I know what it is. But I just had this unending curiosity to just well, fucking know. Well, because that's that's the whole Luciferian spirit. We, remember, I told you, I was telling you, and everyone I meet, we've all been indoctrinated into a Luciferian world. All of us, me included. We're all curious. We want that mystery school knowledge, that secret knowledge. We all want it. I mean, why do you think we watch so many films that divulge it and we, we you know, savor it? Um, my, my reply to that is, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. That's mm. what's going to happen. If you open these portals, you'll find out it's real and you will get exactly what you came for. And, um, you know, heaven help you 
if you make it through. I made it through, barely, <laughs> just barely. And now I have, you know, I'm on my 17th book to kind of explain to people what this is really about. Um, it's real. It's no joke. And, it, you know, it will, it will take, you will rape your soul to the core until there's nothing left. So, yeah, you got to be very careful. Especially at this point. I think the powers that, quote, the powers that be, you know, the invisible forces of dark and light and all this, this Masonic dualism that we're seeing um, going through the Freemasons, um, it's really heightened at this epoch in time. So if you get involved in any of these forces, if they're good, it's going to amplify exponentially and you'll be like very protected and very, you know, in the salvation of, of Christ. If you go the other route, <laughs> you're kind of opening up the Pandora's box of amplification like you've never understood and you'll probably be ushered right into the beef system mm. just quickly. <laughs> you'll, you'll find yourself getting an injection and, and, you know, reasoning out a few blood sacrifices and cutting yourself and um, in, maybe like in, having sex with an eight-year-old might be cool that afternoon. I mean, you'll just all of a sudden you'll be doing things that are Luciferian because that's what they do. But it's the externalization of a hierarchy by Alice Bailey. They're trying to bring you in to the Luciferian cult. If you ever read... Um, Exterminist or the realization of the hierarchy by Alice Bailey, who's the protege of Madame Helena Blavatsky, who wrote the Secret Doctrine. Mm -hmm. um, they want to they want to indoctrinate you into their cult: uh, sex, magic, drugs, uh, meditation, um, satanic ritual, blood sacrifice, human sacrifice, drinking blood. I mean, that's their, that's what they do on a daily basis. It goes back to Egypt. They want you in that cult. So it's easy to suck you in by saying, well, you know, why don't you just try this? Why don't you just try this? And there's always going to be Lucifer of light and pleasure. Why do you think LSD is so attractive to people and DMT? And it's always Lucifer, angel of light, you know, knowledge and intellect and power. And it's always the promise, the secret knowledge. Just go back to the Bible. It's the same thing. I have a book called Tricked by the Light. And but my book, Tricked by the Light, is Tricked by the Light of Lucifer. I wrote a 700-page book, Tricked by the Light, the Light of Lucifer, the Luciferian artificial intelligence um, at this point, which is you were mentioning, the AI uh, quantum computing digital realm is now Lucifer unveiled, I could say, you know, Lucifer unveiled right there. Mm. So, are you aware of a of a researcher named Tracy Twyman? No. Okay, she she wrote this huge book about Baphomet. Have you heard of that entity? Oh yeah, of course. Baphomet yeah. Did. Um. So she had summoned Baphomet and like talked to it, um, and like wrote this whole huge book, and then I guess. You know, she was also involved in the truth community. She ended up uncovering a whole huge pedophile ring, disclosed it to the FBI. Two months later, she dies in a super suspicious uh, accident, and they rule it a suicide. Go figure. But oh, that never happened. That yeah, never right? Happened. <laughs> so it turns out that, you know, people who knew her and knew her well, because uh, I, I guess she was led to believe by Baphomet to start her own... Uh, left-hand occult uh, 
mystery school or church, I guess you could say. But towards the end, she really had a falling out with all of that and came to Christ, according to people who knew her. But again, she wrote this book about Baphomet. It's like six, seven hundred pages. And I just recently got it because, again, I'm super interested into all this occult knowledge. You know, I have books by Manly P. Hall and... Um, of course, we're, we're all interested right now because of what's happening, and, and you just have to remember, um, as you navigate through the occult knowledge, you, you got to keep your gyroscope on Christ, or you, know, you will become what you're studying. Mm. <laughs> you will. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a promise. That's a, it's designed that way. It's a labyrinth. It's like the Minotaur. The Minotaur and the labyrinth in Greece, You it, it will bring you into such incredible alchemical knowledge that you'll just be seduced to no end. Sir Isaac Newton, you know, they're all, they were all occultists. Mm. So, so the Baphomet is just a representation of occult energies. You know, the Baphomet is, is archetypical, you could say. There's not, I don't think there's a creature that's a Baphomet. It, it's an archetypical energy. It's a representation or manifestation of the occult dimensions. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. The only thing that gives me pause is that these people like E.A. Coetting and Tracy Twyman have, have summoned these energies and apparently, or at least these energies that respond, respond to that name. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can, um, I, I had one psychedelic experience in college where the end of the trip was millions and millions over by, um, UCSC, the beaches in front of, not in front, but if you take UCSC and you walk to the beach in Santa Cruz, if you walk all the way to the beach, there's certain beaches out there. My trip ended, I walked all the way from uh, the campus to the coast on the trip. It ended with millions of, of, of uh, skeletons, skulls, like skeletons, reaching out of the ocean, like millions. Um, and they were kind of like imploring, like I had this task to save the world. It was like a complete whole messiah thing. It was like, I was supposed to save the entire world. It was like the suffering of the world. It was a huge archetypical experience. But there wasn't really skeletons, okay? It's a manifestation of an archetypical energy, right? And I had no idea that many decades later I would be like trying to save the world. I had no idea. I just, I had this vision when I was in um, 21 or 20. Um, so Baphomet and all these things that people see and when people on psilocybin, they see machine elves like Terrence McKenna, you know, machine elves, talking yeah. about machine elves and, um, and psilocybin and, and DMT has got the kaleidoscopic chrysanthemum flower that opens up above you with, you know, the demonic uh, clowns spinning around and, you know, hyperspace all this stuff, you're really looking at manifestations of interdimensional forces. It's not so much that they're real in terms of like solidity, they're more like archetypical expressions of the occult, or um, I should say of um, demonic interdimensional quantum fields. I try to use the word quantum and interdimensional so people don't get all freaked out about the use of the word demonic. Uh, it's one and the same. But you can't just say demonic. Oh, well, that's just like Hollywood. Well, okay, let's talk about quantum mechanics then. But, oh, okay, that's science. People are so brainwashed by scientism. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like you have 
about it in your nomenclature and jargon, or people will go, oh, well, you're just some kind of like a cultist. I'm actually, my background is in, um, I mean, my real background is in physics, astrophysics, astronomy, quantum physics, um, uh, theology, psychology, um, and then I saw how all of that was kind of a repackaging of ancient Babylonian and Hermetic occultism. So, so I'm, not, I'm not like an occultist trying to talk about Christ in the Bible. I'm really an empirical, you could say I'm an empirical scientist or journalist um, discussing the correlation between the two. But that's the one world religion that they want, right? Is, is scientism, and then they can jam all of the alien panspermia shit down your throat. Exactly. Like the whole um, uh, panspermia narrative of the aliens and quantum physics and astrophysics and you know going to Mars and um, um, the worship of stars and all these people with telescopes worshiping the stars. You know, oh look, did you see Sigma Day? Oh, did you see the moon last night? You know, always worshiping um, celest- what I call luminaries, right? They're just luminaries. They don't deserve our worship. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like wor- worshiping the creation instead of worshiping the creator, which is what pantheism and uh, astrophysics. It really is. It's a worship of the creation. Um, so the new, the one world religion is just what you said. It's, it's astrophysics. It's astronomy. It's uh, digital uh, transhumanism. It's um, anything that's not Christian. <laughs> well, astrology is a big one, man. I mean, they. What's that famous quote? Uh, millionaires don't use astrology. Astrology, but billionaires astrology. do. Yeah. They don't. They don't use astronomy. They use astrology because. Well, you have the, the constellations in which you were born under, um, the idea of luminaries, alignment, the alignment, like the planetary alignment idea. All these things, I mean, sure, you could study this forever. Like, do planets actually control your destiny based upon your birth? I mean, I don't think so, because we have free will, but you could make a case that um, the constellation, it's kind of like saying if there was methamphetamine in your system, because your mother was an addict when you were born, will that affect your life? Well, yeah, it will, right? I mean, <laughs> you'll be born probably, you know, an amphetamine addict mm-hmm. because of the genetic, the, the genetic reactions to your mother being a meth addict. So are, this, are the conditions and situations from which you were born affect your entire life? Sure. But if you're born under Aquarius, <laughs> I, I can't be certain that... Um, the way these stars are lined up is actually going to dictate, you know, who you are, what you are, where you're going. I, I think astrology is is really rooted in a lot of occult, Kabbalistic, and hermetic um, wishful thinking. And maybe they can use it um, as a gyroscope or a compass to do certain things. But I, I'm not sure that the, the luminaries have more control over me than I have in relationship to Christ. I, I'm not buying it. So that's that's the ultimate um, only hope is is in your mind having a relationship with Jesus Christ and that's the only way we get out of this alive. Well, I don't see any other options on the table. It's not from lack of, of uh, looking. I mean, I've, like I said, I I practice Buddhism, Hinduism. Uh, just straight up New Age pantheism, um, Christian Science, you know, Protestant, Catholic. I've, I've looked at just about everything. You know, Rosicrucian, uh, Ahura Mantra. You know, I've been through a lot. Um, 
or did too much alcohol, not that kind of sin, but just your original sin, your your basic fiber is fallen from the disobedience of your genetic ancestors, which does make sense. If your mom's a meth addict and you're born a meth addict, was it you that made you a meth addict? No, it was your mother, okay? So genetics and ancestry do affect who you are. So if there's an original sin, if there's a, you know, Adam and Eve, uh, poor choices made in the garden, <laughs> That would dictate your fallen nature. It does make sense in a purely empirical, medical, genetic way. Oh, let me let me ask you this, because I know you'll have a great reaction to this one. Uh, so that EA quitting guy I've been telling you about, he said that, you know, Lucifer and Satan, uh, you know, they don't ask for sacrifices or um, pedophilia, that... Uh, People who worship Satan or Lucifer don't do those acts. It's actually the Christians and the Catholic Church who are the ones practicing all of that. And then he references, you know, the Catholic Church rape scandals. But that's actually, he's wrong because that's Jesuits, correct? Well, he's just inverting the truth because um, he's play, playing semantic games like saying it's the Catholics and not the Satanists. Um, the Catholics that are doing that are like Jesuit, Satanist, Luciferians. They're not, like, the grandmother down the road, you know, the 80-year-old Catholic woman who who prays to God every day. No, she's actually not sacrificing animals. Well, she might be, but <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> knock on the door. Um, this is Simpson? Oh, you're sacrificing small children. I, I just wanted to borrow some sugar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back when you're finished. Just yeah. Um, um, so, that, it's not like quite like what he, this person's saying. Um, it's kind of like um, Luciferian energies thrive off of fear and terror, and you've heard of adrenochrome, you know, blade, blood oh, yeah. that's laced with adrenaline, like raping a three-year-old child until it's almost dead and, and screaming for its mother and then slitting its throat and then drinking that blood. As horrific as that sounds, that's what they do. Well, he actually talks about it. No bullshit. He talks about how during a blood sacrifice, they'll actually drip some of their blood into a goblet and drink it, and it gives them extra. It gives them extra sensory abilities. This is widely known. Hollywood is based on that. You, the number one uh, collateral, or the number one, um, I don't know, currency, like money. Money is a currency. Mm -hmm. um, and, and cocaine is a currency. You know, guns, guns are a current, you know, this, people trade, instead of using cash, they'll use guns or drugs. Uh, the number one currency in Hollywood is adrenochrome. It's the most sought-after, high-priced, you know, New York stake out there. It's, it's, it's killing small children after being raped and butchered and drinking their blood. You know, they bottle that and sell it. That's top dollar. You know, Jeffrey Epstein's Island and Lady Gaga and Marie, Maria Abramovich. The witch, you know, but that's that's just a daily thing. It's what they do, you know. Lucifer's fear and terror and uh, energy through satanic, dark, occult means and drinking blood is just all part of the game. Mm. So it's not new. I mean, we've heard of uh, Count Dracula. Um, what's the what's the territory? Transylvania. <laughs> you know, like these are real. These are real things. There's people who drink like who drink blood and you know cut up people and kill them, and um, then they make all these stories. Brom, Brom Stoker's Dracula, and 
No, they're based on real things. You know, Transylvania. Okay, so that's that. So, so let's let's bring it to a, a, um, a common denominator. And I, I think I keep coming back to the transpermia religion of the occult and the alien contact thing. And then and you introduce another uh, clue as to the 180 days, or did you say about the, um, the COVID disclosure? And they're going to announce. Alien yeah, yeah. So around June, because it came in late December, they said the new coronavirus stimulus package included a 180-day disclosure plan for UFOs. <laughs> it's just, it's. I'm laughing because it's just like, it, it's. I, I almost have a like my, my good friend Michael Epperson, yeah, and he's brilliant about this stuff too. He doesn't think he is, but he's really he's brilliant. Um, I keep joking, I'm sending him images from um, Independence Day. Remember the film? Yep. And there's uh, the huge alien craft blowing up the White House. Um, and I keep sending him that image, you know, as a joke. Like I'm waiting for this. Like I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, not I'm, I'm wanting this at this point because I just want to be vindicated for all that I'm writing. Like let's just see the White House be blown up by alien forces and have it have it done. Like let's get out in the open now. Finally. Um, not that I really want that. I'm just saying. Yeah. opinion I mean you've written 17 books on these topics what do you see uh, over the next couple of years like what's what's your timeline yeah everybody wants to know um, for some reason a lot of people think that I have the answer even even though I'm just a guy that writes books um, this one radio talk show lady she called me the literary prophet of the new world <laughs> I was like, oh, but that's good or bad. But um, my prophecy, <laughs> I think we're just going to see uh, the same business as usual unveiling of um, the externalization of the occult hierarchy, where there's more and more um, promiscuous kind of sexuality, bestiality on stage, um, sodomy, uh, pedophilia, um, getting maybe going into human sacrifice that's kind of like a blood ritual for the for the masses and once that happens it'll probably spin out into massive um genocide not soft kill but hard kill where the, you know they pull out the guillotines i think um i think fema camps ordered thirty-three thousand guillotines in the past few years what a great so, number yeah 33 <laughs> uh, Freemason, everything's 32 with these guys yeah and so, I don't know, I'm, again, I'm kind of in, in the vindication camp where um, I just don't see us getting out alive, and it's like, if you haven't figured out that you have a sinful nature and in need of redemption, and the fact that everything the Bible's talked about, like, I'm talking about thousands and thousands and thousands and 
thousands of talking points have come true. <laughs> you can't understand that at this point. You kind of deserve the beast. You know, I hate to, hate to be this way, but... Oh, man. Yeah, and, you know, 2020 really was... You know, you're talking about vindication. I mean, I never felt so vindicated. You know, in 2019, we had Jeffrey Epstein, and I've been telling my friends for well over a year. I'm like, there's a there's a billionaire with an island where they're raping kids. And, you know, former pre- yeah. former presidents and elitists, and they're like, Ryan has gone off the deep end. You know, several of my friends, you know, started researching how people get addicted to conspiracy theories and all of these things. And then when yeah. and then when it's mainstream news, it's like, oh shit, Ryan was right all all along. I'm just like, yeah, and you guys that's, thought I had lost my mind. That's the vindication thing. Where I have um, most of the friends I've had that have um, been like, oh, Greg's, you know, just nuts. <laughs> He's just yeah. nuts. He's a paranoid conspiracy theorist. Um, most of them have gone deaf and silent now. Like they're not. They're not necessarily going, oh, well, we believe Greg, but they have no argument against anything now because it's all, it's, it's on the news. Like everything I'm talking about is mm-hmm. actually, it's, it's no longer a squirrel site of alternative media. It's just Channel 9 or Channel 8 or whatever. So, um, yeah, there's always the vindication of, um, like, the righteousness of, of, um, your, of our fights, our individual fights. And, and you know, but that's, that's still kind of a eye for an eye attitude, like, you know, fuck you guys, you deserve what you get attitude, and, you know, the eye for an eye. So I try not to go down that road too much. Every, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, you'll, you'll get yours, you know, you want to be that stupid or blind. Um, but ultimately, I'm just really focusing on helping the people that I am, that are open, you know, to, that are spiritually open enough to actually wake up. I'm kind of just focusing on those. And they're coming out of everywhere to reach me. I'm 5,000 people out of nowhere on my Facebook, and 4,000 out of nowhere on Twitter, and thousands contacting me um, internationally and probably 20 different countries just asking me questions and asking for PDFs. And so I can tell that that uh, people are getting serious. You know, the, the joke's over. Mm. So and I'm not the only. I'm not the only one. Yeah. So as we uh, get to wrapping this up, and yeah. uh, I, I mean, I could talk to you for another two hours, but it's 10 o'clock over here, and me and the girlfriend got to get going to bed. I know she's waiting on me. Um, if well, you... we'll talk. We, we, can, we can talk again. Oh, yeah, man. Time. I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, but if, if you just had any parting words for this episode, I'd really enjoy if you gave your thoughts. Well, let's see. Parting words. Um, I end up doing these kind of eloquent parting words things on various talk shows for some reason. And I try, I try not to like, you know, go in too deep at the very end because it's trying to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And I'll, that, I'll try to, to, I'll try to just not go too deep. I'll try to just say essentially what I've been saying is that um, it is genetic Armageddon. It, it's a fight using genetic engineering to transform the surface of the shape of humanity, you know, to eliminate humanity and convert it to human 2.0, to actually create a genetic hybrid of nanotechnological metals and 5G entrainment and protocols and just every nefarious robotic kind of type of um, technology you've ever seen in a film. It seems like they're just rolling it all out. And we're 
we're kind of like a huge experiment right now. It's like a big petri dish, a test tube. And I don't think they necessarily know the outcome, too. I think this is the chaotic nature of the um, Masonic lodges, you know, ordo, ordo abkayo, order out of chaos. They're just mixing the pot with the hopes of coming up with something that's like a super creature, immortal, um, based or uh, rooted in kind of an artificial intelligence, um, digital Luciferian light. So it's like hard to know where to start, where to end on this kind of like talk because it's like, how do you wrap it up? It, other than to say it's a panspermia religion that's going to bring in the alien card, like the final card, um, to make it all go into a quantum new age where we're all subject to an art, an architect from a, another planet, you know, the lie, um, and then we all fall in line to this beast power situation that nobody can really refute because NASA has all the technology, all the CGI, and, you know, if, if we're going to see a division between those who are for Christ and who see that you live in a firmament and those who think they're on a magic flying spaceship and that the virus is real. And this, the demarcation point, uh, the division between these two types of people is going to get larger and larger. And I, I guess my suggestion is if you are... Um, kind of understanding what I'm talking about, you do need to stock up on, and it'd be funny if I started saying, by the way, you can contact me for storable food at 595. <laughs> 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 and here's a coupon yeah, code for, yeah. Right. <laughs> just, just put in a Gregory Garrett as a coupon uh, <laughs> promo code, and you'll get a, and on uh, Patriot Food. It'd be funny <laughs> if I wrapped it up. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Yeah, I mean, it'd be more appropriate to push my book, so I'm not going to even do that. You can get free PDFs but, but anyone who's listening, Gregory Garrett at hotmail.com, and you get free PDFs, no charge, okay, of all my books. Um, anyway, so, yeah, it'd be funny to do that, but the, the wrap-up would be to say, yeah, store food, um, get into the country, find a bunch of people that are like common thinking like you, um, get closer and closer to Scripture and God, and just like 24-7 look into Christianity. There's, there's no, there is no other card on the table. You can't be lukewarm. You can't be like, well, I'll be okay. Or, oh yeah, I believe in Christ. Like, that's not what Christ said. Like, you don't just believe in Christ. You, it's like 24-7 understanding who you are, what you are, your relationship to God. Um, yeah, this is the time. There, there's no second choice or second chance. In, in a few months, there, there's no like, well, I'll look into it next week. It's over. We are at that time. And I know people say that every... Every decade, oh, at the end of times, and you better, you know, repent and seek the Lord. Well, no, this is obviously coming to the close of the hatchet. It's it's falling. This isn't like um, Branch Davidian or uh, Jane or uh, Jones um, cult going to take Kool Aid. No, this is the whole world is wearing masks <laughs> under lockdown. So that's that's my final word. That's great, man, and um, I, I couldn't agree more with all that you said. You know, I'm personally involved with a group called the Freedom Cells. It's a bunch of people who want to opt out of the system, get off the grid, and, you know, try and make the last stand the best that we can. So if anybody's interested, go to freedomcells.org, and there's probably people... 
uh, right in your city that you never knew that also have these kinds of thoughts and you guys can powwow together um, meet up, make battle plans, meet up points, you know, all these kinds of things. There are like-minded people all around us, so we can yeah. at least take advantage of the resources that we have available. But, Greg, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion tonight, and I can't wait for our next one, man. Yeah, me too. This is a lot of fun for me. I've been having one of these talks for a while. I'm sorry to hear that Daniel is um, doing whatever Daniel's doing. I don't know, but maybe... Uh... We'll see. <laughs> yeah, man. Radio. All right, Greg, well, you take care, man. Okay, God bless. We'll talk to you again soon. Talk to you later.